0: Section Twenty-One of the Wallet of Kai Lung by Ernest Brahma. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four: The Experiment of the Mandarin Chan Hung, Part One. Related by Kai Lung at Chansu, on the occasion of his receiving a very unexpected reward. There are certainly many occasions when the principles of the Mandarin Chan Hung appear to find practical favor in the eyes of those who form this usually uncomplaining person's audiences at Shansu, remarked Kai Lung, with patient resignation, as he took up his collecting bowl, and transferred the few brass coins which it held to a concealed place among his garments. Has the village lately suffered from a visit of one of those persons who come armed with authority to remove by force or stratagem such goods as bear names other than those possessed by their holders? Or is it, indeed, as they of wu hui confidently assert that when the day of vows arrives the people of shan Tzu, with one accord undertake to deny themselves in the manner of gifts and free offerings in spite of every conflicting impulse they of wu hui exclaimed a self-opinionated bystander who had by some means obtained an inferior public office and who was in consequence enabled to be present on all occasions without contributing any offering well is that village named the refuge of unworthiness for its dwellers do little but rob and ill-treat strangers and spread evil and lying reports concerning better endowed ones than themselves such a condition of affairs may exist replied kai lung without any indication of concern either one way or the other yet it is an undeniable fact that they reward this commonplace storyteller's too often underestimated efforts in a manner which betrays them either to be of noble birth or very desirous of putting to shame their less prosperous neighbouring places such exhibitions of uncalled-for lavishness are merely the signs of an ill-regulated and inordinate vanity remarked a mandarin of the eighth grade who chanced to be passing and who stopped to listen to kai lung's words nevertheless it is not fitting that a collection of decaying hovels which wu hui assuredly is should in however small a detail appear to rise above Shan Tzu, so that if the versatile and unassuming Kai Lung will again honour this assembly by allowing his well-constructed bowl to pass freely to and fro, this obscure and otherwise entirely superfluous individual will make it his especial care that the brass of Wu Hui shall be answered with solid copper, and its debased pewter with doubly refined silver with these encouraging words the very opportune mandarin of the eighth grade himself followed the storyteller's collecting bowl observing closely what each person contributed so that although he gave nothing from his own store kai lung had never before received so honorable an amount "O oh, illustrious kai lung exclaimed a very industrious and ill-clad herb gatherer who in spite of his poverty could not refrain from mingling with listeners whenever the storyteller appeared in Shan Tzu. A single piece of brass money is, to this person, more than a block of solid gold to many of Wu Hui. Yet he has twice made the customary offering, once freely, once because a courteous and pure-minded individual who possessed certain written papers of his connected with the repayment of a few tales walked behind the bowl and engaged his eyes with an unmistakable and very significant glance this fact emboldens him to make the following petition that in place of the not altogether unknown story of young chang which has been announced the proficient and nimble-minded kai lung will entice our attention with the history of the mandarin chan hung to which reference has already been made the occasion is undoubtedly one which calls for recognition to an unusual degree replied kai lung with extreme affability to that end this person will accordingly narrate the story which has been suggested notwithstanding the fact that it has been specially prepared for the ears of the sublime emperor who is at this moment awaiting this unseemly one's arrival in peking with every mark of ill-restrained impatience tempered only by his expectation of being the first to hear the story of the well-meaning but somewhat premature chan hung the Mandarin in question lived during the reign of the accomplished Emperor sint Tsin, his yamen being at Faohu, in the province of Shantung, of which place he was consequently the chief official. In his conscientious desire to administer a pure and beneficent rule, he not infrequently made himself a very prominent object for public disregard, especially by his attempts to introduce untried things, when from time to time such matters arose within his mind and seemed to promise agreeable and remunerative results in this manner it came about that the streets of fauhou were covered with large flat stones to the great inconvenience of those persons who had from a very remote period been in the habit of passing the night on the soft clay which at all seasons of the year afforded a pleasant and efficient resting-place nevertheless in certain matters his engaging efforts were attended by an obvious success having noticed that misfortunes and losses are much less keenly felt when they immediately follow in the steps of an earlier evil the benevolent and humane-minded chan hung devised an ingenious method of lightening the burden of a necessary taxation by arranging that those persons who were the most heavily involved should be made the victims of an attack and robbery on the night before the matter became due. By this thoughtful expedient, the unpleasant duty of parting from so many tales was almost imperceptibly led up to, and when, after the lapse of some slight period, the first sums of money were secretly returned, with a written proverb appropriate to the occasion, the public rejoicing of those who, had the matter been left to its natural course, would still have been filling the air with bitter and unendurable lamentations, plainly testified to the inspired wisdom of the enlightened Mandarin. The well-merited success of this amiable expedition caused the Mandarin Chang Hung every variety of intelligent emotion, and no day passed without him devoting a portion of his time to the labor of discovering other advantages of a similar nature. Engrossed in deep and very sublime thought of this order, he chanced upon a certain day to be journeying through Fao when he met a person of irregular intellect who made an uncertain livelihood by following the unassuming and charitably disposed from place to place chanting in a loud voice set verses recording their virtues which he composed in their honour on account of his undoubted infirmities this person was permitted a greater freedom of speech with those above him than would have been the case had his condition been merely ordinary so that when chan hung observed him becoming very grossly amused on his approach, to such an extent indeed that he neglected to perform any of the fitting acts of obeisance. The wise and noble-minded Mandarin did not in any degree suffer his complacency to be affected, but drawing near, addressed him in a calm and dignified manner. "'Why, O Ming Hai,' he said, "'do you permit your gravity to be removed to such an exaggerated degree at the sight of this in no way striking or exceptional person? And why, indeed, do you stand in so unbecoming an attitude in the presence of one who, in spite of his depraved inferiority, is unquestionably your official superior, and could, without any hesitation, condemn you to the tortures, or even to bowstringing on the spot? "'Mandarin!' exclaimed Ming Hai, stepping up to Chan Hung, and without any hesitation, pressing the gilt button which adorned the official's body garment accompanying the action by a continuous muffled noise which suggested the repeating striking of a hidden bell you wonder that this person stands erect on your approach neither rolling his lowered head repeatedly from side to side nor tracing circles in the dust of foul with his submissive stomach know then the meaning of the proverb distrust an inordinate appearance of servility The estimable person who retires from your presence walking backwards may adopt that deferential manner in order to keep concealed the long double-edged knife with which he had hoped to slay you. The excessive amusement that seized this offensive person when he beheld your well-defined figure in the distance arose from his perception of your internal satisfaction, which is indeed unmistakably reflected in your symmetrical countenance for o oh mandarin in spite of your honourable endeavours to turn things which are devious into a straight line the matters upon which you engage your versatile intellect little as you suspect the fact are as grains of the finest fu sand in comparison with that which escapes your attention strange are your words o oh ming hai and dark to this person your meaning replied chan Hung whose feelings were evenly balanced between a desire to know what thing he had neglected and a fear that his dignity might suffer if he were observed to remain long conversing with a person of ming hai's low mental attainments without delay and with an entire absence of lengthy and ornamental forms of speech express the omission to which you have made reference for this person has an uneasy inside emotion that you are merely endeavouring to engage his attention To the end that you may make an unseemly and irrelevant reply and thereby involve him in undeserved ridicule such a device would be the pastime of one of immature years and could have no place in this person's habit of conduct replied ming hai with every appearance of a fixed sincerity moreover the matter is one which touches his own welfare closely and expressed in the fashion which the proficient mandarin has commanded may be set forth as follows by a wise and all-knowing divine system it is arranged that certain honorable occupations which by their nature cannot become remunerative to any marked degree shall be singled out for special marks of reverence so that those who engage therein may be compensated in dignity for what they must inevitably lack in tales by this refined dispensation the literary occupations which are in general the high roads to the establishment of public support and uniform apparel, are held in the highest veneration. Agriculture, from which it is possible to wrest a competency, follows in esteem, while the various branches of commerce, leading as they do to vast possessions and the attendant luxury, are very justly deprived of all the attributes of dignity and respect. Yet observe, O justice-loving Mandarin, how unbecomingly this ingenious system of universal compensation has been debased at the instance of grasping and avaricious ones dignity riches and ease now go hand in hand and the highest rewarded in all matters are also the most esteemed whereas if the discriminating provision of those who have gone before and so arranged it was observed the direct contrary would be the case it is a state of things which is somewhat difficult to imagine in general matters of life in spite of the fair seemingness of your words said the mandarin thoughtfully nor can this rather obtuse and slow-witted person fully grasp the practical application of the system on the edge of the moment in what manner would it operate in the case of ordinary persons for example there should be a fixed and settled arrangement that the low-minded and degrading occupations such as that of following charitable persons from place to place chanting verses composed in their honour that of misleading travellers who inquire the way so that they fall into the hands of robbers and the like callings should be the most highly rewarded to the end that those who are engaged therein may obtain some solace for the loss of dignity they experience and the mean intellectual position which they are compelled to maintain by this device they would be enabled to possess certain advantages and degrees of comfort which at present are utterly beyond their grasp so that in the end they would escape being entirely debased to turn to the other foot those who are now high in position and engaged in professions which enjoy the confidence of all persons have that which in itself is sufficient to ensure contentment furthermore the most proficient and engaging in every department mean or high-minded, have certain attributes of respect among those beneath them, so that they might justly be content with the lowest reward in whatever calling they professed, the least skilful and most left-handed being compensated for the mental anguish which they must undoubtedly suffer by receiving the greatest number of tales. Such a scheme would, as far as the matter has been expressed, appear to possess all the claims of respect, and to be, indeed, What was originally intended by those who framed the essentials of existence," said Chan Hung, when he had for some space of time considered the details. In one point, however, this person fails to perceive how the arrangements could be amiably conducted in Fau Hu. The one who is addressing you maintains, as a matter of right, a position of exceptional respect, nor, if he must express himself upon such a detail, are his excessively fatiguing duties entirely unremunerative in the case of the distinguished and unalterable mandarin exclaimed ming hai with no appearance of hesitation the matter would of necessity be arranged otherwise being from that time as it were the controller of the destinies and remunerations of all those in Fauhu, he would manifestly be outside the working of the scheme standing apart and regulating like the person who turns the handle of the corn-mill but does not suffer himself to be drawn between the stones he could still maintain both his respect and his remuneration unaltered if the detail could honourably be regarded in such a light said chan hung this person would without delay so rearrange matters in fau hu and thereby create universal justice and an unceasing contentment within the minds of all undoubtedly such a course could be justly followed assented ming hai for in precisely that manner of working was the complete scheme revealed to this highly favoured person entirely wrapped up in thoughts concerning the inception and manner of operation of this project chan hung began to retrace his steps toward the yamen failing to observe in his benevolent abstraction of mind that the unaffectedly depraved person ming hai Was stretching out his feet toward him and indulging in every other form of low-minded and undignified contempt. Before he reached the door of his residence, the Mandarin overtook one who occupied a high position of confidence and remuneration in the department of public fireworks and colored lights. Fully assured of this versatile person's enthusiasm on behalf of so humane and charitable a device, Chan Hung explained the entire matter to him without delay and expressly desired, that if there were any details which appeared capable of improvement, he would declare himself clearly regarding them. "'Alas!' exclaimed the person with whom the mandarin was conversing, speaking in so unfeignedly disturbed and terrified a voice, that several who were passing by stopped in order to learn the full circumstance. "'Have this person's ears been made the object of some unnaturally light-minded demon's ill-disposed pastime?' or does the usually well-balanced chan hung in reality contemplate so violent and un-chinese an action what but evil could arise from a single word of the change which he proposes to the extent of a full written book the entire fixed nature of events would become reversed peoples would no longer be fully accountable to one another and Fow hu being thus thrown into a most unendurable state of confusion the protecting deities would doubtless withdraw their influence, and the entire region would soon be given over to the malicious guardianship of rapacious and evilly disposed spirits. Let this person entreat the almost invariably clear-sighted Chan Hung, to return at once to his adequately equipped and sumptuous yamen, and barring well the door of his inner chamber, so that it can only be opened from the outside, partake of several sleeping essences of unusual strength after which he will awake in an undoubtedly refreshed state of mind and in a condition to observe matters with his accustomed diamond-like penetration by no means cried one of those who had stopped to learn the occasion of the incident a very inferior maker of unserviceable imitation pigtails the devout and conscientious minded mandarin chan hung speaks as the inspired mouthpiece of the omnipotent buddha and must for that reason be obeyed in every detail this person would unhesitatingly counsel the now invaluable mandarin to proceed to his well-constructed residence without delay and there calling together his entire staff of those who set down his spoken words put the complete heaven-sent plan into operation and beyond recall before he retires to his inner chamber upon this there arose a most inelegant display of undignified emotions on the part of the assembly which had by this time gathered together. While those who occupied honourable and remunerative positions very earnestly entreated the Mandarin to act in the manner which had been suggested by the first speaker, others, who had in the meantime made use of imagined figures, and thereby discovered that the proposed change would be greatly to their advantage, raised shouts of encouragement toward the proposal of the pigtail-maker, urging the noble mandarin not to become small in the face towards the insignificant few who were ever opposed to enlightened reformed but to maintain an unflaccid upper lip and carry the entire matter through to its destined end in the course of this very unseemly tumult which soon involved all persons present in hostile demonstrations towards each other both the mandarin and the official from the fireworks and colored lights department found an opportunity to pass away secretly the former to consider well the various sides of the matter, towards which he had become better disposed with every thought, the latter to find a purchaser of his appointment, and leave Fao Hu before the likelihood of Chan Hung's scheme became generally known. At this point, an earlier circumstance, which affected the future unrolling of events in no insignificant degree, must be made known, concerning as it does Lila, the fair and very accomplished daughter of Chan Hung, possessing no son or heir to succeed him, the Mandarin exhibited towards Lila a very unusual depth of affection, so marked, indeed, that when certain evil-minded ones endeavoured to encompass his degradation, on the plea of eccentricity of character, the written papers which they dispatched to the High Ones at Peking contained no other accusation in support of the contention than that the individual in question regarded his daughter with an obvious pride and pleasure which no person of well-balanced intellect lavished on any but a son it was his really conscientious desire to establish lila's welfare above all things that had caused chan hung to become in some degree undecided when conversing with ming hai on the detail of the scheme for unaffected as the mandarin himself would have been at the prospect of an honourable poverty it was no part of his intention that the adorable and exceptionally refined lila should be drawn into such an existence that indeed had been the essential of his reply on a certain and not far removed occasion when two persons of widely differing positions had each made a formal request that he might be allowed to present marriage pledging gifts to the very desirable leela maintaining an enlightened openness of mind upon the subject the mandarin had replied that nothing but the merit of undoubted suitableness of a person would affect him in such a decision. As it was ordained by the wise and unchanging deities that merit should always be fittingly rewarded, he went on to express himself, and as the most suitable person was obviously the one who could the most agreeably provide for her, the two circumstances inevitably tended to the decision that the one chosen should be the person who could amass the greatest number of tales. To this end he instructed them both to present themselves at the end of a year, bringing with them the entire profits of their undertakings between the two periods. End of section 21